Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, wait a minute, are NFTs just a lagging NASDAQ asset, indicator, commodity, spin the wheel, but is it just lagging NASDAQ? That's what we'll get into in just a bit. First off, Andrew, how's it going? Anything anything new, weird, exciting in your wallet? Oh, what have I done recently? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I've been definitely uh, fixated a bit on, on prices and what's going on, but man, it's, uh, you know, this, this post-merge world isn't uh, the ETH price we all thought it might be. <laughs> what did we merge oh. with? What did we merge with? <laughs> Yeah, we had that whole episode. We were pretty excited about Merge, Merge, Merge. Uh, you know, full disclosure, easy to say, both of us are long ETH. Um, you know, I think in short, kind of like what I guess happened is a bunch of sell the news. A bunch of people, I think, were just speculating bigly on the ETH Merge doing something amazing and fantastic. And frankly, it's still a question of back to our theme. You know, it's kind of like the that going to do something. Oh, sorry. I thought we were <laughs> right. The, the devs have done have done something. It hasn't helped the price. Um, I did make one uh, one kind of move this week in my wallet. I was uh, narrating it along in the Discord. If any of you are uh, followed along, thanks for uh, humoring me. Um, but I saw the uh, the Puocious paint drops really got up there, so I was able to sell one at point six seven when they were what I got way up there, Rick. Um, but did I, I already missed picked... this. Yeah, so I picked a, picked it. I did a swap there, picked one up at six hundred, which is still um, under the uh, it's still under the uh, the floor price, but it was for the for those double um, uh, they called it not two paints, but the two doodle counts. So yeah, oh, okay, a nice little swap there. Um, but they got they got really hot for a second. They are still at a point by four price, so they have uh, they've risen nicely recently. Uh, big pickups and actually relatively thin floor as uh, you know you need help with that refer to our our old podcast on yeah, the thick yeah. floor <laughs> we've got quite the library you can rabbit hole on um what did i do i i've been putting in for one of our last podcasts i've been putting in some some bids on no not bids i've been putting on lottery tickets uh for for that site that we talked about and uh, on MetaWin, that's what it was. Yes, MetaWin. Yeah, that's actually got a headline about that one. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't win the 31,000. Hold on, let me go check. Wait, no, I didn't even bother with that. Like, I I was actually going, I found some arbitrage on, um, arbitrage, I love me. Uh, a way to lose money, maybe it's less fast on uh, a dead fellas uh, that was like uh, only um, only a handful of entries, at least when I entered into it. And yeah, you know, 
uh, the expected value was in my favor. And we'll see. I, I'm still waiting. But that that's what I've been doing. It's like very, very low cost. And if you found uh, lottery um, that they're getting a lot of entries bought in the last you know, few hours leading up to the end, uh, that's what looks like happened here with this, uh, this mutant ape. It looks like people are actually buying hundreds of entries at a time at the, the last um, few hours of this. Um, and they had 6,000 entries the last hour. So I'm unclear. Are, are all entries always at the same price or do they vary? Entries seem to be fixed. Now, there are discounts. So sometimes if you get 10, there's two included for free. So yeah, if you're coming in that like, that actually messes with the sort of arbitrage opportunity for you. If you look at the expected value, what you're getting like entries for free, that obviously drops your cost. Uh, I, I, it's been quiet on some things. So again, I come back to like, you know, bid on stuff you'd want to actually get. And, you know, Dead Fellows is definitely on my list. Um, and the one I'm looking at has 24 entries for Dead Fellows, and I've got two of them. I mean, I like my odds there at, you know, 0.04 or, I mean, 0.02 per entry. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if it's still open, go ruin your don't, on that. Don't, I'm doing this on purpose because I know it closed. <laughs> It goes in a day and you, you monsters are not going to be able to mess up my arbitrage here. Uh, all right. Well, why don't we get into some of the other uh, headlines, see what else has been going on. Uh, I was kind of excited about this one. We got Epic, Epic Games. They're uh, launching the first game, the first NFT-based game on their marketplace. It's this Blank, Blank O's block party game. So um, this is published by mythical games but it's the first time that epic has actually listed one an nft based game on their marketplace which you know we've seen uh many traditional gamers uh certainly um or traditional gaming companies uh certainly not be very accepting to nfts um so good to see that they have gotten on here it says i don't know a lot about this uh the game itself um they have raised a total let's see Read a total of 16 million back in 2018. They've been going since then. I, I don't know a whole lot about it other than there are NFTs, there are assets that people can own in this game, and they were natively built in. They weren't added after the fact. Yeah, I'm getting it's hard to dive in, but they're saying it has the vibe of Roblox, but it's focused on unique digital collectible vinyl toys called Blancos, an NFT that can be purchased, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's great that it, it's great that a developer of this, uh, with this level of cachet is like getting into the game. And that level of quality is, is what is needed to actually break through. Yet another like, hey, here is like, janky interface that's like remnant of a flash game of 2005 combined with staking and frankly a you know ponzinomic element where you're like the money is good until it runs out and here's our coin like that's not gonna work like truly like that has been done redone and done to death the, the economics don't work so it's it's got to be a game first and then layered nfts second i really think that's the point and i think that there's um there's going to be probably multiple winners and one of them will be, I will bet, somebody who has uh, got the cachet of a Fortnite in their back rear view mirror. But I'm not making a play on this. I'm going <laughs> to wait. No, no. I'm not buy enough games. I'm not doing that either. All right. So we've got Yuga Labs. 
They've got rumors of another Mecha Apes or another NFT launch. This will be Mecha Apes targeting a $50 million raise that's supposedly leaked from more of their slide deck. I don't know if this is, I don't understand how this keeps leaking out. Apparently, just over time, air quote, maybe not air quote. <laughs> you know, but I think this is more test the waters, let people know what might be coming and that they uh, they do plan to make another big sale. Uh, so 50 million would be impressive if they can do that in this market. I would be surprised. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it tends to do that from the collection and release 100,000 virtual plots. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I assume this would somehow tie in with the other side land. I, I think they had already, I think that was supposed to be the first half. Other side had already done 50,000 and there's another 50,000, but this seems to be a new collection. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, so George, I think this is probably one you're going to jump into the Yuga universe, right? Isn't I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till they're really dumping strong bags. I think they got another round to dump stronger bags on, on folks yeah. before I go yeah. all in on it. Um, though I, I will say there are uh, analysts that I respect that love ApeCoin. Yeah, I I, I know there there's a lot going on with the staking there. Um, that they're very close to actually launching staking, and they have big time rewards for those that stake and hold a token, hold an ape or a uh, mutant ape. So talk here as the three hundred percent. I just, here's the play. You nailed this last time. You nailed this last time, right? What did you do before the land launch, before the land came up and you realized you had to purchase ApeCoin to buy the land or buy the thing. So ergo, if there is a drop coming, they use it as a reason for people to buy, add liquidity into the token. It goes up and you sell that. I mean, you sold after you ran that play last time and it it worked. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're providing staking here. I, I just. I was going to say when there's 300% APR, APRs doesn't matter. Those don't usually last for long. You know, if, if it goes up much, you're going to lose like the going. If you thing. hold it long enough, you will lose all of that value and more. Like it is proportional yeah. APR and how much value that going to lose if you hold. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the staking goes. I, I know that ape are the uh, mutant apes have been on the ride recently because they do offer that bonus. And if you're already holding it, I'm sure there is some, some short term potential, but that's a game I don't want to play. Yeah. No, <laughs> but that's the point. All right. So we, all right. The next one we've hinted at this post merge Greenpeace is already intensifying their campaign against evil Bitcoin. What do you think, George? You know, I, I think it's, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I've found times where I was like, look, new technology costs money. The fact that you are using Zoom probably daily at Greenpeace and by the way, sending out mailers, which I know factually is accurate that you send a shit ton of mail. Let's just do the carbon footprint calculation. It presents an easy target though when you realize with one code change, Ethereum essentially reduced the world's consumption of freaking energy by 0.2%. So it's kind of tough to say on one side, yeah, you know, energy is needed for security. Energy is needed for economic, driving economic value, including that limited to the actual activities that Greenpeace takes part in. However, it is a little frustrating to realize that 
it is possible to change to a proof of stake. You know, Ethereum has proved it. It is possible to do that and stake quite a bit and get the same type of uh, net output that you needed from security and platform functionalities. So, I mean, we could, we could, we have that episode where we talk through it. We may want to revisit it. What do you see when you see this? I mean, I'm happy that this narrative is taking place. I did, you know, I think that the narrative has to shift. I'm not real, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a big um, believer in Greenpeace's methods overall of how they try to deliver their message. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a little unfair as someone who has defended Ethereum, um, Ethereum's consumption, even, you know, to, to now go after Bitcoin. Though at the same time, you know, there has been, this has been planned in Ethereum. There have been plans for upgrades, you know, and I think that's a big part of, you know, what has made Ethereum more interesting to me than the Bitcoin and Bitcoin is, you know, it, it does have a lot of value in that it is slow to change. And I don't see, I don't see that part changing relatively soon. And I also am not as concerned about their, their energy consumption, because I think there is a lot, as we've said in the past, that there are a lot of incentives for energy, the miners to find the lowest energy cost possible. And, you know, that can drive a lot of innovation. I wonder what a $1 million smear campaign against Bitcoin actually looks like. <laughs> what, you know, I guess I don't need to imagine too hard. I mean, I think they find it, but yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, I don't know, there's probably plenty of them out there, right? I think there's, there's plenty of ETH maxis that are spending plenty, uh, to fund Bitcoin, but, um, you know, it's held up stronger in the post ETH merge as a, just as the price, uh, in terms of price than, than Ethereum has it. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I guess you don't have the, the miners dumping hundreds of thousands of, of of tokens and, and you know that's probably the difference yeah and that you know you've heard about it as like the headwind of miners sort of dumping to pay for the rigs of doing the the work of converting energy to uh block validation so maybe they can accept uh maybe they should accept crypto to to run this smear campaign and get some get some uh avalanche solana and eth donors towards it yeah right all right, we've got uh, the another headline here in the generative art world from uh, this is the new project coming from Tyler Hobbs. He launched the site qql.art. Uh, this is an interactive site you can go and actually create uh, to generate art based on uh, different inputs. They're all circles, but then you can play with the different designs of circles, sizes, colors. You can just generate random ones. Um, so this will be, there's going to be a thousand of these, um, some it's one to watch. Um, there's going to be some opportunities to design and potentially like if, if you're really creative, um, you know, go play around with this because I think there will be opportunities to actually win a mint spot. It's also just fun to check out. So, um, you know, they're going to be insane priced. I would be, you know, you're not gonna be able to buy them if you can win a spot. It will be well worth it. But yeah. And well, remind, us why should, remind us why we should pay attention to the name. Oh, Tyler. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, over, I stepped over that part. Yeah. He is the creator of Fidenza, uh, probably the most uh, well-known, one of the most well-known generative art projects. It's certainly the, the highest price art project, uh, project on art blocks, I should say. One of the most well-known up there with Squiggles and 
autoglyphs and others, but he uh, has certainly become a big name in the generative art world over the past year. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this is fun. It lets you generate it, but I can't, I could just download this image and suddenly I've got a there you go. style and like, all right, you know, but I don't own it, Andrew. I don't own it. That's right. I can't, I can't flex on the blockchain. Right. That, like right there in and of it itself is like the proof of NFT versus just, you know, art image. And like, I want to show that I own it, not just, oh, I created it. Like, did you though? <laughs> you don't know. Right. <laughs> All right. One last headline. We've got National Lampoon launching a Web3 studio. I was a little surprised to see this. They've got a poison pill NFT coming. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's interesting that they're getting into this. I, I haven't heard a lot from it, but I do think that there are a lot of studios to be launched in the space that can create, create their, I mean, create and own their content. And National Lampoon has been very good at their branding over the years. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, a comedy first. So maybe you can tap into memes and the ability to, to leverage there, I guess. It is, uh, yeah, I'll watch it. I imagine it's going to go like, a normal hype cycle where it'll probably drop pretty effectively and then have that sort of sell off and then trough of sorrow. That's an awesome. Oh, I'm not, I'm not looking to buy this one. I think it's interesting. They're getting into the space. I think we'll see a lot more uh, studios and then companies enter it in sort of this quiet period uh, when it's not just about the, the hype. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an interesting point to say like, why now? Like, why have you chosen right now? Have you mean, you chosen to come out when it's quiet or you know, build something along or you just or, or did you just miss a development date by an entire year and you're like ah oh, crap we'll just come out with it now like <laughs> want to get to the bottom yeah like the, I, I think there's a lot more companies scrapping plans uh than continuing with them but um you know we'll see i i i do like when companies are getting into it in kind of the quiet time as you know we try to we've talked about how it's going to be slow adoption, most likely, and, and it's going to be little things that bring people in. And I think that's that's especially true in in the quiet times. You know, people aren't necessarily looking for NFTs, not looking to to go get into new uh, new projects necessarily, but uh, you know, there's still a lot of launching. It's interesting to see, like, the company says it's like got a board of advisors, which includes uh, Jimmy Dotty, um, Jeremy Drake co-founder of Monox Labs and, and Nifties. And it seems like there's this whole like consulting business coming to life of, you know, recognized holders and people that understand as much as you can claim to understand Web3, Web3 behavior and marketing where I'm being tossed on to uh, advisory boards. So, kind of interesting. All right, well, we got a project here um this isn't one to go buy quite yet but uh if you're listening before uh before the end of september 25th uh you've got a chance to up in the pre-mint for this one there's a project called quasars coming from quantum.art quantum.art is the photography art platform by justin aversano um well-known uh, photographer in the nft space who's uh, been featured in I believe Sotheby's auction, a couple of high-end uh, auctions done the Twin Flames collection. Um, so this is the, the Quasars. <laughs> and the Quasars collection, they've hinted at what is coming. There's not a lot of details 
Um, but you can collect these mission patches. It sounds like there will be an opportunity to mint. Um, if you do collect enough of these mint mission patches, um, they, the quasars will be a collection of 10,000 pieces. There are 3d designed objects that looks like there's going to be a way to visualize things within it. I don't have all the details. There are, there are a ton of details out on this one yet. Um, so I think it's good to just be good to just pre get the pre-mid or at least register for it, try to get that. Um, it sounds like they, they do have bigger plans. I know they've got a, a big team there um, and they've been able to uh, produce a number of successful photography projects. So I would expect that they'll be able to uh, be successful once in this Quasars project as well. Yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of photography stuff, but I, I do think you're right here. It's worth at least signing up for the pre-mint and then having the option yeah. to... Yeah, so then you can follow along if you do get that and of course then try to get the others. Um, you know, not not sure what those prices may be, but you know, that's... Um, you know, yeah, it, there's nothing have to find about price drop on it. <laughs> so I think this is one you just, just, just register for now and see what happens. You know, it's... Uh, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about how we're... we're watching different projects, you know, it's been somewhat quiet. Um, we have seen some big projects take off, but, you know, also looking for quiet things that are launching um, and maybe not making as much noise at this time. Yeah. Um, good heads up. Good heads up. Uh, and of course you dropped that in the Discord, so. That's terrible. Yeah, they did. I'll like, be there, you know. And share your tips with us, of course, too. <laughs> All right, on to our theme. Wait a minute, our NFT is just lagging NASDAQ. And so this essentially is appropriately timed as to, you know, we just watched the Fed raise 0.75 basis points, which then pissed off the market. And Jerome Powell, you know, continues to tighten the screws and blah, blah, blah. Inflation. Like the big picture here is that, like, it's all connected very much so to crypto prices, which just you know, if you pair them next to each other, crypto prices just track a NASDAQ index tech stock. It is essentially a tech stock. Like it or not, I think last year at this time, I would have been like, no, 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 this is a, you know, a hedge on inflation. It's not. It's a risky tech stock. And on top of it, there are NFTs. So effectively, isn't that just what we're doing? Are we playing like some like tech stock index fund with NFTs? What is your thought? certainly feels that way and you know it's it's been surprising how much um how much macro knowledge nft collectors have had to had to uh quickly catch up on i think because it is such a part of what goes in nfts what goes into crypto and you know in a way we've talked about what's coming it's still coming we've talked about this wreck that is going and there's hasn't been you know you, there's certain things you can do but there's really you know, in, in some ways, there's not much you can do to fight this. It's, it is happening. And man, yeah, it's, it seems very correlated with NASDAQ and just tech, you know, tech stocks in general. It seems like ETH tracks along with that. It's Bitcoin. We haven't seen, you know, we saw that there was a bit of a, a rise in the ETH BTC ratio and it went right back to where it was. I mean, that doesn't even move that much. I mean, it's, uh, it seems pretty stable right now in dropping right along with the NASDAQ. Yeah. And so what happens is that if we're just like sort of leveraged on top of that platform, we just sort of have to, 
kind of hold our breath. But also, I think even still, though, there's a, a still a micro game inside of NFTs. Like they're not all dropping the same way. The underlying currency and the value of what is there is certainly moving. But individual NFTs still relatively to a baseline. And maybe this is an interesting question for you. How might you create a, an NFT baseline, right? Like what is that index fund of NFTs? So you can just do in relation to ETH, is it going down? How am I tracking against a, an expected market there would be a, a more fair way to do it. Because if we're just, I mean, if we're talking in dollars, it's all going down. And even in ETH, it, it seems to go down. But I think it's weird. I don't fully get why it also goes down at the value of ETH as well. Meaning like NFTs valued in ETH, right? ETH, the asset, yeah, is tracking there. But even in that micro economy, it still seems like there's like extra FUD that plays uh, plays through. Yeah, well, I feel like we're seeing fewer winners, right? I mean, we're seeing fewer winners in the NFT collection game right now. There's fewer projects that are taking off. Um, you know, we, it's rotating through. And I, I feel like that's it's kind of what we've been seeing for a while. Is there's not a lot of staying power with these collections. So that those leak out, we do see a handful that continue to to get some attention. But we know that most of these are most of the ones that are still are going to zero i mean we 99% are going to zero if we're, if we're true to that it means that if we're going to continue to see most of these go down a few winners and it's really hard to 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 identify multiple winners consistently in this market i would, i think <laughs> what actually a surprise me is that you know you you go back to the beginning of the year and i we were talking about how that like every three months, we would see another one of these like massive kind of like Moonbird. And prior to that, I think it was like Artifact was the last biggest one that there would be something big happening every quarter. And, you know, you can maybe say Goblin Town, but it really didn't hit those, you know, that level. And then right now we have, you know, uh, D-Gods and Utes right now out of Solana, but they're not, they're not as big as hyped and just frankly, just raw volume that i think the, yeah that, yeah Renga i was going to mention but that volume's actually come way down um as well so that's that was a new project launched by jerry robot but you're right they, they aren't as big as they were and they're not they're not the the story that that can that can become the talk of nfts for multiple for even a week at this point yeah and look moonbirds i think is pretty much the only one that like rocketed it up and did not come down crashing hard Right. Moonbird's still over, I think, at least 12, 13 ETH. But again, sale for ETH went up significantly and has stayed relatively high. We haven't seen another project execute at that level this year, the entire year. I mean, it's about to be, I mean, it's about to be October. We're about to be like in Q4. And last year, it was just hit after hit. It seemed like it happened every month. And it's, you know, it's a sentiment to just less liquidity means less ability to, to ride these things up, which conversely, you know, I can't imagine what's going to happen when everyone's ready for the market to be coming back into full swing, be it like whatever, like six or 18 months from now, like it's going to be really funny to, to watch that type of pattern come back. Or do you think it does come back at all? Yeah, I think we see volumes come back um, in some way. I think I don't know that we see the average price come to where we once saw 
that. I think, you know, when we see volumes come back, I think we're going to be talking about a lot more transactions. You know, we're, I hate to say that we're early, you know, it sounds, it, it sounds silly <laughs> to say that in many ways, but in many ways, I do think we're early in how much NFTs are going to be used. I think they're going to be billions, trillions of NFTs. They're so, you know, they're relatively easy to mint um, in large quantities. And we're still seeing that um, a lot of companies are still just finding ways to get into this, finding the use, the, the real use cases for these. I, I think in that way, you know, for the, the sheer number of NFTs will, will naturally start increasing volume over time, um, you know. That's also going to be at a much lesser cost. I don't think that, I think that a lot of people had the, the right idea of not touching these because they were such volatile, high value assets. That's, that's a perfect, perfectly acceptable attitude to have to how the NFT market has been. And I think there's going to be a lot more chances for people to get into them in smaller amounts that still make, you know, that still people can understand there's trading, there's tradability to these. There are, they are assets of some sort and. Um, you know, and volumes will increase naturally over time. Companies coming in, going to bring a lot of money. I think another big lever that I'm looking at is the shift of customer acquisition. And I'll say it as many times as I feel like saying <laughs> it, but the customer acquisition cost, put another way, the amount of freaking dollars that companies spend on Facebook advertising to get you to do a thing, once that shifts to direct NFT marketing, that's going to free up so much more liquidity to roll back into this system. And once that starts flowing, I think a bit more, those advertising dollars shifting that way, like that's a big lever. Um, and I think you're just going to look at the fact that NFTs, yeah, are kind of a luxury good market as they stand right now, plain and simple. That's like kind of how they're built a bit, you know, fine art, luxury item, <laughs> expensive ape that gives you access to a yacht club. <laughs> luxury item. And as it expands, there'll be, uh, I think, more more use cases. It's not to like re rehash what we've already said before, but I don't think there's any world where, well, true or false, do you believe this? I don't think there's any world where NFTs can go back on a massive run in any real way without the market coming back. You just, no cash flow, no free cash flow, no interest in luxury mm. goods, no NFT hyping. Certainly a baseline, but there's just no hyping. Yeah, we absolutely need more liquidity in the market. And that's <laughs> that's gonna take some some macro conditions to change. You know, people rightfully are a little cons are concerned about where the economy is going. And it is it is interesting how much that how much NFT collectors know <laughs> about this when you when you listen to various podcasts and everything, you know, and there is a lot of macro talk. And I think it's pretty well understood now that that uh, it's a risk asset and it's going to be the most hurt when things are bad. And, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, we'll see some strong recovery in, in some pockets when, when things are good. Yeah. And I think our our, our bias is still that if you can find a discounted uh, buy right now, that's that's the the right way to play. As opposed to this is a this is a rough time to be gambling on new projects that are that are launching and minting. Albeit, I know we just talked about <laughs> signing them for a pre-mint for a new like Quasar, but I um, yeah, I, I'm still on the I'm on team shopping list, entering in my 
my lottery tickets to win things. I haven't, I haven't dropped a loan yet. Uh, have you thought about doing a, a loan? I have not done one yet. I, uh, I, I, whenever I look, it doesn't, I see other offers on the ones that would offer and I don't really feel like competing that much with theirs. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, well, one of us, one of us will do it at some point. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta at least try it. Right. We do because it's too funny not to. Uh, again, don't, <laughs> I'm too tired of losing things. So I've been a little slow to do it. Uh, yeah. All right. Right. I think, uh, yeah, let's just pray for positive news from Jerome Powell. Like that's just so ridiculous that that is the, the relationship to now, like everyone paying attention to Fed announcements and you're like, wow, right. we really, well, we had our, yeah, I mean, it was, we did have the latest one. It was just a 75 ETS. So it was kind of as expected. Oh, that was before this podcast that was today. So, um. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there. It seems like he didn't react all that much. Was slightly positive. Um, you know, who knows? Does it? If we just continue to to bleed out for a while longer. Yeah, more pain to come. I, I'm thinking ETH goes below a thousand again. Um, if the current sentiment kind of pushes on, that could happen. Could happen. I'm like trying to steal. I'm like I'll be pleasantly surprised if it doesn't. But oh man. You know, I've got a lot of Eve buried in my backyard, so. Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of Eve buried in my ponies, so it's fine. <laughs> right. They're safe there. They're running around. Go uh, go to Zedron. Go rent a pony. Oh, or take it for a spin. <laughs> All righty. I think that's everything I have to say. Leave us a review. Join Discord. Share uh, share some projects. You can find them or any, any alpha you find. All right. Get out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.